Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. To those who carried out this attack, we will hunt you down and make you pay. Both presidents bear blame for this. This tragedy would not have happened if I were your president. We will continue the evacuation. If he keeps with this deadline. This is very much not over on the 31st. The worst thing we've experienced during President Biden's time in office. This absolute debacle. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Friday. (laughs) Joe Biden doing his uh, best imitation of Arnold Schwarzenegger. We will hunt you down and make you pay. (laughs) Come on, man. You're a joke, Joe. I mean, does, does anybody think... A, that your word is any good, and we will hunt you down. Oh, yeah. You're going to be leading the pack, right, Joe? Oh, my. You know, it's Friday, and um, if you would like to vent today, I'm going to open up the phone lines, and we'll get as many of your calls on as we can, 561-8255. There's a lot to vent about. And I've got plenty of stuff to vent about, so, I mean, we don't have any shortage of uh, material here, but uh, if you want to call in and vent We'll get you on the air, 561-8255. Interestingly, uh, there is a hurricane about ready to hit New Orleans again, and it's about 13 years to the day, I think. Um, No, 16 years to the day that uh, Katrina made landfall. That was a Category 3, 125 miles an hour. And uh, this one is uh, Ida. Is that the name of this new one? Yeah. Uh, Hurricane Ida, and uh, it is looking to point right at New Orleans. Uh, looks like winds will be 120 miles an hour. It, again, will be a Category 3. So uh, Lu- Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards declared a state of emergency yesterday, warning residents to make preparations. Uh, there's all kinds of people lining up buying groceries, sandbag filling, and all that good stuff. Interestingly, um, it is 10 years to the day that Hurricane Irene hit eastern North Carolina. Do you remember that one? It impacted places like Atlantic Beach, the Outer Banks. Uh, it was a mess. It was only it, when it hit, it was uh, Category 1. But 10 years to the day, 10 years ago today, Irene hit eastern North Carolina. Five six one eight two five five. Um I, I am opening up the phone lines. If you want to vent, you can. Terry's on the line. Hi, Terry. Hey, hey. Um, I'm afraid if I get started then, I won't be able to stop. <laughs> I won't be able to contain what I say. I just really have a comment. I okay. Was thinking about everything going on here as of late, and it really struck me as we're coming up to the anniversary of 9 11, the difference between the country's attitude 20 years ago and the, and the country's attitude apparently now. 2,605 Americans, U.S. citizens, more people than that died, but I looked it up on, uh, online, 2,605 people died on 9-11, and we went to war. We have been 20 years um, trying to prevent this happening. We've hunted down the, the uh, perpetrators, and now our commander-in-chief expects Americans to see that number or more as just, you know, hey, that doesn't matter. Let the terrorists have their way with them. 
Yeah. That is how far this country has fallen in 20 years. No, you're right. You know, the other thing that I found really curious about Joe Biden is the fact that he wanted to make sure that we were out of Afghanistan on sept- by September 11th. I mean, that was his date. He wanted it on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And I've always found that extremely bizarre because that is a victory for the bad guys. I mean, when they attacked the World Trade Center and, you know, went down in Pennsylvania and attacked the Pentagon— that was a deliberate date in which they wanted to celebrate the demise and the destruction of the United States of America. And to turn around and point to 9-11 as the day that we're going to officially get out of Afghanistan, everything is left behind, that is a day of mourning. It's not a day of celebration. The only people that are going to be celebrating, and I granted, I think everybody agreed we didn't want to be over there but we wanted to leave in a proper way. And again, I, I I, still say we should have kept the Air Force base over there. It's near China. We needed something in the Middle East. And we could have we've got bases all over the world. So we have another base in Afghanistan. And it would have been a controlling element to what was going on in that country. But nonetheless, we're gone. And uh, yeah, there's going to be some celebration on 9-11, but it's not going to be it's, it's going to be mostly yeah. by the jihadist. A grade school kid could have planned a better withdrawal. Yeah. Well, in the sense that you you would have just a little bit of common sense that if you're if if a child is going to leave and go somewhere, you know, they, they would make sure that they've got their ducks in a row. Now, it might be just making sure they pack their teddy bear and their pillow and those kind of things, but <laughs> we didn't do anything. Joe no. just got out of there as quick as he could. And again, I I, I, I can't uh, I can't just blame this on incompetence. I can't. I, I, I think no, there's more no. nefarious than that. Uh, yes, I would agree. I would agree. But that flip attitude about oh well, we've always left people behind in all conflict. No, we haven't. Not not not. Look, we didn't leave Bo Bergdahl behind. I mean, Obama. No, oh, we leave no man behind. So we got this guy is a traitor, and we go and get him. But we have Americans and people who helped us win the war over there, drive out ISIS and the Taliban. Joe Biden and, Joe Biden and his cabinet and all them people are traitors. They left all those people and they left our proprietary military information in the uh, in equipment. Oh, yeah. The entire world to be able to ransack. Oh, yeah. But that is the reason I don't know what is. Oh, and then they hand over to the Taliban a list of all the Americans and all the uh, Afghan allies. I mean, that's yeah, the, the yeah. Americans yeah, might get out, but those people that helped us, they gave the list of those names. I mean, why don't you just go yeah. out and shoot them yourself? Exactly. Unbelievable. Exactly. Terry, good to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the right. call. Appreciate it. The uh, News and Observer is reporting that uh, Republican members of the North Carolina congressional delegation are uh, a little upset with Joe. Representative Virginia Fox, Representative Richard uh, Hudson derided Joe's incompetence. Greg Murphy, whom we talked to yesterday on the program, called for Biden's resignation. Madison Cawthorn went one step further, sending letters to Kamala Harris and Biden's cabinet officials asking them to invoke the 25th Amendment, which allows them along the uh, them uh, to. the vice president and the cabinet members to uh, basically say he's not fit for uh, duty, which he's not fit for duty. But I, again, as Greg Murphy said yesterday, our problem is 
<laughs> Second in line is Kamala Harris. Third in line is Nancy Pelosi. You know, it's interesting, even Democrats are starting to turn on Joe. Um, Democratic Congressman Seth Molden, Marine Corps veteran. I don't know why he's a Democrat, but uh, he is. Uh, he was one of the two uh, congressional um, uh, members of Congress who traveled to Afghanistan earlier this week. He told MSNBC this morning, this is cut one, Clark, told MSNBC this morning that the United States doesn't have a plan to get Americans or Afghan allies out of the country before August 31st. You know, the White House and the president said again yesterday, we're sticking to the August 31st deadline. We're getting out. But we're committed to getting Americans out after that date. What does September 1st look like based on what you saw yesterday? American fighting forces have left, but we still want to get Americans out. We still want to get some Afghan wartime allies out. How do we go about that? Look, here's the blunt answer, Willie. I don't know because we don't have a plan. I mean, everything that's happening right now, these extraordinary numbers of people that we're bringing out, it's because of these heroic efforts by our troops and our State Department diplomats, young consular officers trying to sort through immigration paperwork. It's because of their heroism on the ground that we're saving so many people, not because anyone in Washington gave them a plan. Now, that was the PG version of what he said. (laughs) <laughs> the adult version of what he said, uh, the Seth Molden, Democrat from Massachusetts, the uh, adult version was um, the Biden administration's withdrawal from Afghanistan has been a effing disaster of, ecop- of epic proportions. The thing that everybody needs to understand, even if you completely agree with the Biden administration's decision to withdraw, the way they have handled it has a, been a total effing disaster. That reported by New York Magazine. So just yesterday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki reiterated the uh, United States military will leave Afghanistan on August the 31st, even if all Americans stranded there and, and unable to get out. And of course, you know, Jen Psaki was upset with Peter Ducey earlier this week because he used the word stranded. Uh, they will be stranded there. Quote, we will continue to work to get people out of Afghanistan even after the 31st, and we will need to coordinate with the Taliban in order to do that, Saki said. I'm not going to label that a partnership or anything other than continued coordination. We, she went on to say we're continuing to work to get every American citizen that wants to leave out before the 31st, she continued. Just two days ago, however, uh, this is cut two, just two days ago, Saki was once again asked by Peter Ducey, was there a concern that one of the Afghan evacuees went to Qatar, was part of the evacuation, he got over to Qatar, turned out he was a member of ISIS. Does that concern you, Peter Ducey asked? Well, first I would say we have a stringent vetting process, which includes uh, background checks before any individual comes to the United States. Uh, So I can't speak to one individual, but I can tell you and and confirm for you that we take the vetting of any individual who comes to the United States and and comes out incredibly seriously. Um, And it's an extensive process. Uh, I would say that this is now on track, Peter, to be the largest airlift in U.S. history. Uh, so, and that is uh, bringing American citizens out. It is bringing our Afghan partners out. It is bringing allies out. Uh, so, no, I would not say that is anything but a success. 
So Jen Sakatumi would not classify the situation in Afghanistan as anything but a success. Now, granted, she said that before 13 of our service personnel were murdered yesterday. Is it 90? I think 90 to 100 Afghanis were hurt, killed. No, no, hundreds more were hurt. 90 were killed. Um, Now, what's interesting is the number of other high-ranking Obama officials that are speaking out loud what everyone else is thinking about bungling Biden. Take a listen to this compilation of comments from these Obama officials. This includes, now, obviously I can't tell you who they are as they're speaking, but what you're going to hear in just a second, comments from Obama officials, including former Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, under he, he was under Obama, former CIA director under Obama, Leon Panetta, Ryan Crocker, one of the U.S. ambassadors to Afghanistan under Obama, Obama's senior advisor, David Axelrod, David Petraeus, another of CIA, uh, Obama's CIA directors, and James Cunningham, another ambassador to Afghanistan. This is what they are saying, and this is all just within the last week, what they're saying about Joe Biden and this bungling that's going on. This Afghan government was going to collapse rapidly because of the way in which we, we got out. I think of John Kennedy and the Bay of Pigs. It unfolded quickly, and uh, uh, the president thought that everything would be fine, and uh, that was not the case. It has created a global crisis, quite frankly. You cannot defend the execution here. This has been a disaster. Well, they clearly were caught off guard by the events over the last 72 hours. How his decision was made to withdraw, but then its execution, uh, which has been so far catastrophic. Our national security is threatened. This is uh, a Dunkirk moment or perhaps a Saigon moment. This tragedy was completely preventable. Nobody wants the Saigon image and obviously we ended up with another Saigon image. It's kind of like the Dunkirk evacuation. We do have to regard the recent turn of events as creating a real risk uh, of of another terrorist organization, whether it's ISIS-K, Al-Qaeda, trying to reestablish a foothold in Afghanistan. It's a really rough time. It didn't need to be this way. The fact that there was little to no real planning done. I'm left with some grave question in my mind about his ability, speaking about the president, to lead our nation as commander in chief, to have read this so wrong, or even worse, to have understood what was likely to happen and not care. Admit the mistakes that were made. So they were behind the curve from the beginning of the announcement. The situation is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, It is tragic. Uh, It's disastrous. And the execution in particular does not speak to competency. They will provide a safe haven for Al-Qaeda. It's a failure. And he needs to own that failure. He's the commander-in-chief. It has emboldened uh, violent uh, Islamic radicals. So they... I might be doing a little bit of high-fiving. Uh, yeah, those are all Obama officials. And remember what Joe B- uh, what Obama said about Joe Biden back in 2020 during the uh, presidential primary. Don't underestimate Joe's ability to blank things up. Yeah, that's what Obama said about And he tried to talk him out of running. <laughs> but he ran. Now, here's the question. Why are the Democrats now turning on Biden? And now I know not all of them are. 
I mean, you still have Nancy Pelosi, and she's she's about as far gone as Joe Biden is. I mean, if you put both their brains together, you might come up with a half of one percent. But there, but there's enough there that are turning on Joe that it grabs your attention. Now, I hope that they are truly concerned about America. I hope they're concerned about our safety. I hope they're concerned about the basic rule of law. I hope they're concerned about common sense. I hope they're concerned that our country doesn't completely crash and burn. Uh, I, I hope that they're seeing this disaster for what it is. I hope they see their his incompetence and they truly want to save America from more coming disasters. You know, I hope that is their motivation. However, my instincts are that their motivation is much more ominous. Uh, frankly, I think Joe is being played for the senile old Patsy, the fall guy. He will be the ultimate butt of the joke. You know, come on, Joe. Yeah, run. Yeah, we'll boot you up, pat you on the back. Yeah, we'll tell you, well, you're doing great, Joe. <laughs> yeah, we're behind you, Joe. And the whole time they know that the guy can't string two sentences together. I think we all know that the actual decisions that are being made about Afghanistan, decisions made about the southern border, decisions made about overspending, ignoring the looming debt and inflation. I remember what Joe said just a couple of weeks ago. We've got to pass these infrastructure bills so that we can keep inflation at bay. Total opposite is going to happen. But we know that Joe isn't making these decisions. That's, I mean, he's, he's, he's not. But he makes for a great fall guy. I mean, enough naive, useful idiots bought into the idea that Uncle Joe was going to make everything right for America. And uh, remember all the progressives that ran against Joe that weren't electable. Kamala Harris wasn't liked. You had uh, Crazy Bernie, who was an out-and-out communist. At, by admission, he wasn't going to win. You know, you had the, the, the gay mayor from uh, Indiana. He had no experience. He wasn't going to win. I mean, th- th- you looked at who was right. Now, there might have been one or two others that were in. Well, you know, the uh, Bloomberg, people thought maybe he would. But frankly, I think the reason why they picked Joe and not somebody like Bloomberg who was electable, but not manip- they couldn't manipulate Bloomberg. They could manipulate Joe from one end to the other. Let's elect him. Then he'll be the fall guy. He'll be the patsy. And we'll get in a true progressive. And there's nothing they can do about it. We'll get in Kamala. I, 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 I would like to think that they have, that these people that are turning on Joe have America's best interest at heart. But I don't believe it. Sorry. We've got to take a time out. If you want to get on the air with us and express yourself, 561-8255. I promise we'll get to your phone calls as soon as we get back. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in 27 minutes past the top of the hour. Gary from Greenville has been waiting patiently. Gary, welcome in. Good to have you with us. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Hanging in. It's been a rough week, but we're hanging in there. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. I just want to make a comment again. I, I called a couple times this week and talked to you, but 
Um, well, uh, my comment being about Biden, if we get rid of him somehow or another, of course, he's not going to resign. Or, and even if they did the 25th uh, Amendment on him, and then we got Kamala Harris to become in charge, does anybody really think with any kind of decent thought that the Muslim countries or the communist countries, i.e. Russia, China, North Korea, would have any respect for her? Look at how the Muslim countries treat their women. Did it, did, do, does anybody think that she would have any kind of weight to, to, to throw around? I mean, because they just don't... A woman is a third-class citizen in these countries. They yeah. don't care about women. Well, the, I mean, it, and, and then the American president is going to be a woman. Do they really think that that's going to make any difference whatsoever? I mean, it's going, you know. Well, I don't think I don't think the progressives in the United States care. I mean, to answer your question, you've answered your own question. The, 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 no, those those countries, those other countries, are not going to stand at attention no. and salute to Kamala no. Harris. But I don't Absolutely think I don't not. think the the progressives in the United States. I don't think they care. And quite frankly, you know, it's interesting because they always talk about, you know, how, you know, can't be isolationists. Now, now they're, they're one-worlders, but to be honest with you, right now their concern is making the United States as liberal as they can possibly make it. I mean, right. now I, I am not, you know, I'm not uh, pro-jihadist or pro-Muslim, but my goodness, in some ways there, there are certain aspects to the Muslim faith that have got more— um, more more decency when it comes to certain things in in terms of modesty than than we have in this country. I mean, I'm not promoting it. I'm not giving a nod to it, but I'm just saying there's certain things that um, we have gotten so far out of out of kilter over here with you know transgenderism and everything else that uh, it's it just gotten crazy. Yeah, we're 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 uh, a rock and a hard place here in this country. Well, right now we are, and as I I said yesterday, boy, we got, I mean, and I I say that now I'm a Christian, and I I believe in prayer, but boy, I am, I'm telling people that you better get on your knees and pray hard, and uh, get your mess together and pray hard and ask the Lord for his divine intervention, because right now, I don't, uh, and look, the Lord can do it, I mean, he can do it in the snap of a finger. Yes, he can, he can do anything, Yeah, sure. And we better get serious about, you know, who, who's in charge of this country. And uh, if, if you want to see some changes, you know, I well, think, I I think we need to get on pray, our knees. I just hope and pray that these people are seeing this now. I think, things, I think God has allowed these things to happen to wake the people up to see just what the deal is. Because we need uh, uh, people in charge that can be in charge and take the reins here um the 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 2022 elections i hope and pray that republicans even though i don't like a lot of them can take over and get rid of some of this liberal ideas because we're in trouble we are in trouble because we don't have no leadership whatsoever and the rest of the world knows that and they're going to take advantage of that and if she was ever taking charge Oh my goodness! I have no idea what can happen then. So anyway, you that's know, my comment. Yeah, I appreciate it, anyway. Gary. I appreciate the call. Um, you know, it's interesting because Terry, the first caller, was talking about 
how things have changed in 20 years since 9-11 happened 20 years ago. And remember what happened right after 9-11. The churches were filled. I mean, the Sunday after 9-11, the churches across the country were filled. The synagogues were filled. And people had this hole in their heart and this ominous feeling of, oh, is, is this the end? And yet within about a month, the churches were back down to, you know, the regular capacity. And, uh, you know, we—that was a wake-up moment, but we quickly went back to sleep. And I don't, I don't feel like the people are as awake right now over what's happening in our country and what is happening over in Afghanistan. I don't think they're as awake right now as they were back 20 years ago during 9-11. But I think the situation right now—now, now granted, the, the enormous loss of life, losing 3,000 people within a couple of hours was—you know, that tragedy was horrendous. And I'm not taking anything away of that. But in, in terms of how I feel like our country is in jeopardy right now, I think it's much more ominous now than it was 20 years ago. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to is it Greg? Let's go to Greg. Hey Greg, how are you, sir? Actually, actually it's Craig. But Craig, I'm, I'm sorry, Craig. That's close enough. Um, I'm on my way right now to the VFW in Jacksonville. Um, and it's a special hurt there right now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, but going back to Twenty Fifth Amendment, well, let's just stop talking about it. That's never going to happen. I mean, I'm a realist. I mean, it should happen, but it's not going to happen. So let's just move on and accept what we have. I mean, it, it, it is what it is at this point. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think it's possible? And I'm, I'm just, just throwing this out there. I, I don't have any inside information. But do you think it's possible that Joe was a part of this from the get-go and he might resign? And that he, you know, the whole deal was, Joe, we know you're not capable of, we only want you to serve for somewhere between six months and a year, and then you can resign, you can go back and uh, go back to Wilmington and, you know, take all the naps you want. And that way we can get, uh, we can get a real progressive in there. I don't think that's well, beyond the pale. I think it's a possibility. Well, I'll tell you right now, if, if that's true, and that's found out to be true, then that guy should be tried for treason, and treason is punishable by death. That is absolute excoriating accusation and i know i do not think it but then again that guy's so clueless he might have people doing that behind his back and then i even realize it right now and again is he is he a patsy and he's just going to fall into line i mean i think joe's so manipulable i mean i think they could come in and say you know joe this is the best for you this is the best for your wife jill this is the best for the country this is the best for the democracy this is the best for the democratic party and i could see joe folding and saying and you know and plus they would promise him all kinds of goodies and of course he's got all yeah, the goodies well, they, he wants from china anyway well i mean but look at look at his speech yesterday when he invoked his son's death yeah and implied it was part of gulf war syndrome yeah, yeah. that was almost unconscionable because the only reason his son joined the military was political cover for him. That's the only reason he joined. I did 20 years in the Navy. I got shot at. And for him to say that and, and to impugn all the military that went through the Gulf War and who really do have Gulf War syndrome, 
that is unconscionable. He should be ashamed, but the man hasn't. There, there's no shame there. There's no shame there. I mean, he lost that decades ago. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll let you go. Yeah, Craig, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks for your service, too. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Ken. Hi, Ken. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Good to hear from you. Good. Uh, I I don't think you're giving Biden enough uh, credit. I mean, after all, he he took care of corn pop, <laughs> and he was going to take Trump out behind the schoolhouse and whip his butt. Oh, that's true. I've forgotten you know? about I mean, that. Yeah, maybe maybe he is. Yeah. Uh, maybe that is his inner Arnold Schwarzenegger. What are we talking yeah, about? I mean, you know, the, the guy's he's tough. He's tough. He, he shoots his shotgun off the back porch and scares criminals away. You know. Well, when he puts those aviator glasses on, I mean, he does look pretty tough. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah he, you know, got to give the guy credit. I, I think he's the greatest gift to the Republican Party since. Uh, Jimmy Carter and Barack Obama. I mean, well, listen, just, I, 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 I want to keep him there. I want to keep him there, and I want to hear him every single day because he he's just digging the hole deeper for those uh, those liberal progressive guys. <laughs> well, uh, Jimmy Carter is is probably you know he's in the latter days of his life, and I, I'm not trying to be ugly. I mean, Jimmy's up there in years, and he's in the twilight days of his life. Let's put it that way. And he probably yeah. thanks the Lord every day that he is now not the worst president in the history of the United States. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I agree with you 100 percent. I mean, you know, uh, Joe Biden is saving Barack Obama and Jimmy Carter from uh, being the worst president in history. You yep. Know? yep, for sure. Hey, Ken, I appreciate your sense right. of humor. Appreciate it, man. Five six one eight two five five. You'd like to join us? We're gonna take another time out. If you'd like to vent a little bit on this Friday, love to hear from you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A collection of question marks. A lot of questions. Why? How? No logic. No reason. No explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the whats, and the wheres. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. By the way, did you hear that, um, that genius Ilhan Omar Earlier, well, yesterday, the same day that the 13 American service members were killed, she decided that she would retweet the picture of um, the front page of the New York Post in which she said on 9-11, that was when some people did something. And um, obvious poke in the eye to America. This woman is a member of Congress. Now, she got all kinds of pushback. But remember back, uh, I think it was back in 2019, she was on Face the Nation, and they asked her, do you understand why people were uh, found your comments offensive when she said, you know, some people did some things? That's what 9-11 was all about. Her, her response had a lot of butts in it. She said, I mean, so 9-11 was an attack on all Americans. It was an attack on all of us. 
And I certainly could not understand the weight of the pain of the victims of the families of 9-11, how they must feel. But I think it's really important for us to make sure that we're not forgetting right the aftermath of what happened after 9-11. Many Americans found themselves now having their civil rights stripped from them. And so what I was speaking to was the fact that as a Muslim, not only was I suffering as an American who was attacked on that day, but the next day I woke up as my fellow Americans were now treating me as suspect. Well, Ilhan, the truth of the matter is you have consistently sounded extremely sympathetic to the jihadist and extremely cavalier to Americans that want to defend their liberty and their freedoms. So why shouldn't we suspect you with great certainty? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you, you ought to, you ought, we ought to look at, to you with suspect. Five, six, one, eight, two, five, five. Let's go to Catherine. She's in her car. Hey, Catherine. Hey, Tom. Love your show. Well, thank you, ma'am. I just want to say that, in my opinion, Obama is running the country right now. So this is exactly what he would want. And two, I think they miscalculated and thought they could get away with blaming Trump. And while I've heard people blame him, the pushback, there is more pushback than they expected. And as far as Ilhan goes, yeah, well... We all know where she's coming yeah, from. Exactly. I, I mean, she's on the wrong side of this issue. I, I mean, for, quite, unbelievable. She's in Congress. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I there's they want to push back on Trump, but they really can't because it's so obvious. I mean, it's so black and white. It's not. You know, it didn't just. It, it the pendulum swung completely the other way. I mean, you look at the border. You look at you. You look at Afghanistan. It was just. It's. It's. It's not debatable, and there's no way they can. I mean, now, now, just yesterday, though, or was it yesterday or two days ago, he did try to come out and, you know, he said, I inherited just a terrible situation over there. No, you didn't. You, you inherited, yeah, and, inherited a great situation. Right, and, and if it was a bad plan, what, you follow it because it was a bad plan? Come on. Well, no, but he didn't, follow, he didn't follow Trump's plan. No, That's he the didn't. point. I know he didn't. I know he didn't. But I'm just saying, I had someone at work say, oh, this is all Trump's fault. And I said, oh, so you think Trump had a bad plan, so Biden just follows it? What sense does that make? Well, and again, as it's we just, said, and one of our callers said yesterday, well, listen, he didn't have to follow that plan. He certainly didn't follow Trump's plan at the border. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Thank exactly. You. Uh, exactly. Catherine, thank you but for the call. Anyway, Appreciate it. Five six one eight two five five. You want to join us? Have you had trouble with your mail? Uh, we have. I mean, at our business, for years and years. Now, granted, I understand more people are sending stuff email, but still, we get mail at our business every day. Some days, it's. I mean, we did for years. Some days, it would be a bunch of mail. Some days it would be junk mail. Some days it'd be a little bit of both. But have you noticed that you're not getting mail? I mean, we're, we're getting mail now maybe two or three days a week out of six. Maybe two or three days a week. I, I bet this week we've gotten mail two days. Didn't have any mail yesterday. Didn't have any mail today. I think we had some on Monday and maybe on Wednesday. The News and Observer, I mean, the News and Observer is like a broken clock. It's right twice a day. News and Observer 
is reporting jammed mail sorting machines, low employee availability, and poor tracking led to more than 1.4 billion pieces of mail being considered delayed at the U.S. Postal System's Raleigh Processing uh, Distribution Center over a 15-month period in 2020 and 2021, according to a new audit of the facility. The report released this month by the Postal Service's Inspector General's Office focused on the center on Floretta Place, which serves all of eastern North Carolina. The report includes five recommendations for improving operations at the center. All were accepted by the center's management. (laughs) Did they have a choice? I mean, they're going to give these recommendations from the inspector general's office. Like I said, no, we're not going to accept that. They didn't have a choice. They had to accept it. The question is, will they do anything about it? The center failed to meet its goals for processing priority mail, though the audit was unable to determine how much of an impact it had on those getting the mail. Well, I can tell you right now, we ain't getting it. At certain points, the center was meeting its time, uh, At certain points, the center was meeting its timeliness standards at 51%. The standard goal is 95%. During the 15-month audit period, the Raleigh Center had the ninth highest volume of delayed dispatch containers, 112,302. Unfortunately, uh, they were number nine. Number eight was in Charlotte, 114,494. And I, you know, one of the few functions that the federal government is supposed to have is the postal system. I mean, we're into all this other garbage, the new green deal. And, you know, we want to subsidize everything. And, oh, my gosh, the only thing I mean, one of the few things that the federal government is actually supposed to be in charge of. and We can't do it. The mail service. We got to take another time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 1037. Uh, this is unbelievable. Virginia's Gloucester County School Board is paying $1.3 million in a settlement with a trans former student who was upset they couldn't use the bathroom that corresponded with their gender identity. Gavin Grimm, who was born a biological female, was told in 2014 that she could not use the boys' bathroom at the school. So they have now uh, settled with her for $1.3 million. Unbelievable. Who did we say that? Tony? Tony! Hey, Tony. Hi. Hey, how Hi. are you, ma'am? I'm fine. hope you are. I, want, I wanted to talk about the mail because, you know, the mail carriers are not just mail carriers now. They're the paper carriers, too. So really, we should at least get paper every day, get mail every day. The paper is delivered. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you have your mail delivered at your office. We do. We do. It uh, is but, uh, delivered. and Well, it used to be delivered to our office. <laughs> if you remember um, a month ago here at the radio station, we received uh, a Christmas card. If that there says anything. What year? That was kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm looking at that part. Was that early or late? Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm sure it was late. But, well, uh, my neighbor noticed, she noticed Friday night that the mail came at 11 o'clock p.m. in the pouring rain. They're out delivering mail at 11 o'clock at night? That's what she said. Wow. And I know I didn't get my paper Friday. I didn't get it till Saturday, and it, it was all crinkly, so I know it had gotten wet. Well, not only that, but we're subsidizing Amazon. What is with that? 
I mean, there's no way well, that. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm I'm about ready to quit getting it because you know I, you don't know when the mail is going to come, and so you know you don't have your paper in the morning like you like to. Eat. Well, well, what what paper, paper? What paper are you subscribing to? What paper was it? Daily Reflector. Well, you had. <laughs> what were you using I'll it for? Circle back on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's a few. I like the bless your heart. At some of the public forums. There you go. There you go. There you go. But you know, you like. I liked it when I was eating breakfast, and so you can't do that anymore. I mean, I'm. Well, you, you can't. You can't read the Daily Reflector and eat at the same time. Come on. That is <laughs> not anymore because flag. I want to be careful to keep my hands clean. You know? <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Appreciate the call. Uh, the daily, uh, the daily reflector. They're nice. Okay, no, they're not that liberal. Um, Harvard has got a new uh, chief chaplain. He's an atheist. <laughs> Do you realize Harvard was started by the Puritans, and their new chief chaplain is an atheist? That's not an oxymoron, isn't it? The Asheville Citizen Times is reporting, quote, Senator Tom Tillis told a conservative local business group that the anti-pandemic measures should focus on getting North Carolinians vaccinated, not on migrants at the United States-Mexican border. Quote, if you look at a state like North Carolina, even absent the possible threat of spreading, spreading through illegal crossings, We've got a real problem here with people not getting the vaccine, Tillis said to the Council of Independent Business Owners yesterday. The recently reelected Republican statement in the Zoom meeting with the uh, group, the Council for Independent Business Owners, flies in the face of right-wing claims that the surge of Central American migrants is driving the country's current COVID-19 spike. Tillis answered questions from the Council of Independent Business Owners, past President John Carroll about the COVID-19 and uh, migration, as well as the pandemic aid infrastructure, Afghanistan and the January 6th uh, riot, clashing with Carroll over his characterization of the participants in the incursion into the legislative chambers. Tillis told the group that he was alarmed about the record number of migrants uh, immigrants and the asylum process that he said was likely allowing people from a criminal element to slip into the state. But he pushed back when Carol asked whether immigrants were making the problem worse in the state. Tillis said he didn't believe unvaccinated and untested immigrants represented a threat. So I would say that that may be a factor, but I think the biggest factor right now is we've got too, pe- too many people refusing to get vaccinated. So the illegals aren't the problem. It's you not getting a vaccination. Hey, have a great weekend. Pray for America. See you on Monday. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right.